Imagine that it's the year 2030, and the global conflict is finally coming to an end that started back in 2020. At the time, people only knew that there was a COVID pandemic going on. They did not see the shift in world powers or the way that global inflation was leading us to the global conflicts. Many pointed to Hamas's attacks against Israel and the response on Gaza as the clarifying moment that led us into this global conflict. However, it was much more complex than that. Saudi Arabia, the United States, the UK, Russia, Ukraine, as well as Syria and Iran, and finally, China got into the conflict. If only we could have seen it coming, perhaps we would have contacted our congressmen, our senators, perhaps we would have held Joe Biden accountable. But alas, America was too busy, worried about their identity politics and who was going to win the next season of The Voice, than to pay attention to the most precious moment in the lives of their children and grandchildren and for future generations. And now there's a new world order. If you think this is possible, you may want to listen to today's show. So sit back, grab yourself a cup of coffee or whatever it is that you're into. You're listening to American Bolden with Greg Bolden here on the America Out Loud Network. America Emboldened. Greg, I feel emboldened. You don't know the founding fathers. You don't know what they did. You don't know what they sacrificed. We have lost touch with the principles in the Constitution. Nobody's read the Declaration of Independence. You are voting for socialism, and you got what you voted for. Welcome, Bold Americans, to another week of episodes here on America Emboldened. As always, I'm your host, Greg Bolden, on the America Out Loud Network. Thanks for tuning in once again on this lovely Monday, October 23rd. We're going to be talking about what happened over the weekend, what my concerns are. You heard a grim picture of what will the world look like possibly in seven years. Before I get into why I feel that we may be headed there if cooler heads do not prevail, if better conversations, if there's not more uh, focus being put on our Congress and Senate as well as Joe Biden, well, we may be screwed into that very reality here in the future. Listen, you can go over to AmericaOutloud.news. That is the website here where America Out Loud News Network is available. You can hear all of my colleagues' work as well as check out the 24-7 Talk Radio Network available on all of your favorite computers, app devices, app stores. You just type in America Out Loud, you can download it, and there's content every single day of the week all year long, as well as the podcast, such as this one that you can listen to. Now, why am I still focused on the conflict going on in the Middle East right now? Well, quite honestly, I'm a bit annoyed at the fact that I feel like when I turn on the major mainstream news networks, which I never turn on, but I started turning them on recently just to see what is the coverage that's going on right now. Are they speaking like Greg Bolden? in America emboldened, or are they completely ignoring it? Well, it doesn't seem like they are calling it the way that I am. Sure, they're reporting things such as Israeli officials say no Gaza ceasefire amid hostage talks. They're talking about how the IDF has intensified airstrikes and warned residents in the north to go south. 
Uh, we are talking about how the 14 humanitarian aid trucks entered the Gaza Strip through Rafah crossing. And we're also hearing about Hamas and Israeli troops now clashing in Gaza uh, as airstrikes are continuing to intensify over the weekend. Uh, that is as late as Sunday night, continuing to intensify as people were saying that is Israel moving into the next stage of its war. Now, at this point in time, they believe that Hamas's uh, attack against Israel, there are now 1,400 people that were killed during that attack. And so they're amassing a huge amount of troops at the border. And when Joe Biden went over there a few days ago, I'm told that Joe Biden told them, do not go for the ground offensive yet to put off a hold. They're very worried about how the rest of the Arab countries in the area will respond if there should be a large amount of civilian casualties due to this ground offensive. Now, over 4,600 people have been killed in Gaza since Israel started the retaliation for the Hamas attacks. Now, you probably heard me say on the show, how do you know if somebody is Hamas? If they put a ground offensive onto the ground on the Gaza Strip, and Israel starts going door to door. I don't think that Hamas is going to be wearing uniforms and identifying themselves. I don't think Hamas has bumper stickers on their cars or has any markings on their doors in order for us to know if military, United States military and Israel are going in there of who is an innocent and who would be guilty of helping to plan this attack. So that is the reason why many people feel that this is an indiscriminate attack against Gaza, that there's no way to prevent a loss of innocent life. And then if you're telling everybody, well, go south, how far south do they need to go? I mean, we're talking about a region of land here that is smaller, really smaller than the size of probably, uh, I guess, New Jersey, if you take in what Israel is, and then the Gaza Strip on top of that. Um, I, I think, let's see. The Gaza Strip, I looked up last week, and I'm trying to remember how many square miles it was, because I remember seeing that Delaware was only about 2,500 square miles, and I think Gaza is only 141 square miles. Uh, yes, 141 square miles, okay? We are talking about uh, 5% the size of the state that I live in, Joe Biden state, is the size of Gaza. So you're going to tell people to go to the other one and a half million people to go down south for this to happen. Now, why am I so focused on the fact that we should be paying attention to the fact that things are intensifying, the dynamics of words are intensifying? The president gave a speech last week on a Thursday evening where I was really horrified at some of his language. He was using the language of Roosevelt from World War II. If you listen to that episode on last Friday, I uh, talked about that just a little bit as well. Uh, we are in uh, a very, very odd situation, I guess, at this point in time. I think what was even more oddly is I expected Joe Biden to come onto the television sets of the American people and talk about Israel. That's not what he talked about. He moved the defense of Israel and talked about the Ukraine as if they were one in the same thing. And they're not. Okay. The only thing that they have in common at this point in time is Russia attacked the Ukraine and they were a victim in that case. And Israel 
was attacked by Hamas and they were a victim in that case as well. That is the only similarities that we have between one or the other. So Joe Biden making this entire talk about the Ukraine to me was more about getting people to point a spotlight back on Russia because Russia may be trying to use this conflict in Israel and Hamas and the Gaza Strip in order to say, yeah, let's look over here and pay no attention to what we've been doing in the Ukraine. So I, I, I understand that part, but I don't understand the fact that when you have Assad in Syria, who's really good friends with Vladimir Putin, and Syria is now getting involved into this conflict as well, why are we uh, shaking a stick at a sleeping bear, a bear that is currently preoccupied in the Ukraine. Why are we going to drag them in and their interest into this war? Furthermore, why are we so uh, vehement on making sure that Israel, which is the size of New Jersey, I just wanted to verify that right now, they have about the exact same amount of citizens as well. Is Israel our 51st state? Right? Did Israel get a 51st state uh, token before Puerto Rico did? I mean, Puerto Rico is not a state, right? But it's part of the United States. Is, is Israel more a part of the United States than Puerto Rico? I'm just asking for a friend right now. And what happens if all of a sudden Israel is able to wipe out Hamas all of a sudden? Does that mean everybody is just going to accept the fact that Israel has their borders? Are they going to all of a sudden take over the Gaza Strip? Or are they going to believe that there are uh, borders that belong to Palestine? How is the Arab nations going to react to all of that? Well, that's why I said, uh, and I know it sounded kind of funny when I said it, the gliders are the gliders heard around the world when they went to the rave. That is going to be the moment that the textbooks look back on a decade from now. When people say, how did we get here? How did world order? completely shift. They'll go back to that day as the famous, uh, just as the, the war here in the United States, the Revolutionary War, the shot heard around the world, right? It's going to be the gliders that came into the raves. And the reason I believe that is because we are now having our United States military involved in this war. A U.S. Navy warship intercepted three missiles from the Yemen that appeared headed for Israel. In addition to that, one of our bases was uh, mortared. We had uh, rockets come into it. Uh, we also have been intercepting some of those from one of our uh, fighters out in the Mediterranean. We now have three aircraft carriers in the region, uh, just in the Mediterranean. We also have more in the Red Sea. And there was a report that came out Saturday night that China was placing six warships in the Persian Gulf. Now, I wanted to be very clear about this story because I picked this up and I ran with it on Saturday night, but then I started doing some research into it over the weekend and I found out that China actually placed this military deployment about six months ago into the Persian Gulf. They have moved it to Kuwait. And here's what I thought was very interesting. Apparently over the weekend, Kuwait opened up their, their uh, ports or like they helped usher in China. It's like, welcome. We're so glad that you're here. Wait a minute. Do you guys remember 1990 and the conflict with Kuwait and Iraq? 
Do we got to go back to 1990 and be able to talk about the first Gulf War at this point and what was going on and how America helped Kuwait out during that point in time? Well, if you need a quick refresher, during the Iraqi invasion of Kuwait, it was back August of 1990, I think I was like in seventh grade, sixth grade, somewhere around there when it happened. Um, Iraq went on to a military occupation of the state of Kuwait um, about two days after their invasion. All right. Then after that, the United Nations Security Council had a bunch of uh, resolutions. They told Iraq, you got to withdraw from the Kuwaiti territory. And they continued to occupy, which led us, the United States, to help lead the war during that point in time. And the Gulf War aerial bombardment started January of 1991. And then, if I still remember, everybody's putting up yellow ribbons on their Christmas tree leading up to that war. Uh, during that time, this is the reason why it's important to this conversation. What did Iraq do? They fired missiles at Israel. The Iraqi government thought that Israel would retaliate and that would help the Muslim majority states look at the support against the campaign against Iraq and go, oh no, we want to support what Iraq's doing. Doesn't that sound kind of interesting here as we watch what's going on with Israel right now? They also set fire to uh, many of the oil wells and oil prices spiked throughout. And so eventually uh, the United States, as well as our allies, they go in and they get Kuwait back. Now, during that time, I believe that Kuwait became a nice ally for the United States. We formed military bases there. Now, are they tired of our military bases? Are they now showing favor to China? Well, what's China saying during all of this? Well, when the history books look back, China's saying that Palestine needs borders, Israel needs borders, and there needs to be immediate peace talks. Very interesting that China seems to have the cooler and calmer uh, heads that are prevailing at the present moment in this conversation. Now, then in 2002, we had the post-Gulf War with Saddam Hussein apologizing for the invasion. Uh, and then he, what did he do? We had the 2003 invasion of Iraq and Palestinian leadership also apologized for their wartime support of Saddam during that time. So it looks like people had a change of heart as that all went through. Uh, Iraq ends up losing the Gulf War and uh, they restore government in Kuwait. And we had military presence in there ever since from the United States. So when I read that China is now moving in to Kuwait, they are in the Persian Gulf and that they've been there for six months, but now it's more kind of a public knowledge I, I, there's two things that are going on here. Number one, the people that immediately were like, oh, look, China wants to get into this war right now. Stop. Stop speaking this into uh, existence. When I do a show like this with the opening that I did, it's because I'm trying to get people to take action. Why is it that the only person right now out of all of our senators that is not shown just straight on blind support is Rand Paul? Why is it Rand Paul is the only dissenting voice in the Senate to go, look, I support Israel. This is his words. I, I'm paraphrasing. I support Israel, but I do not support carte blanche money going over there indefinitely. We need to have limits to what our support has. We need to have limits to how far we can go, as well as understand that our involvement there could have blowback into the future.
Why is it Rand Paul is the only one doing it? And then where the hell is our Congress? Well, when the history books go back and they say, oh, why wasn't Congress speaking up during all this time? Well, you know what? If you're part of the Republican Party right now and you've been supporting what's been going on with Matt Gates getting Kevin McCarthy out, I just want to point out to everybody, as we are marching towards World War III and we have a president that is weak in leadership, looks like he's sickly during his presentation, that we have no Speaker of the House at the present moment. Now, this is not the longest this has ever gone on, right? We, we can go back to 1855 when there was 133 ballots cast. It took two months for them to eventually get Massachusetts Representative Nathaniel Banks to serve as Speaker. No, that's it's not there. And then we also see that back in uh, 1961, we went 28 days without a speaker while Sam Rayburn was incapacitated. Uh, and then we can go to 1971, where it only was 18 days before Carl Albert uh, from Oklahoma was elected the speaker. But now, what did our Congress do over the weekend? Oh, that's right. They went back to their homes. They called an end of session in the middle of war talks, in the middle of our Pentagon saying that everybody should be ready to deploy in active military. They're ready to uh, have a wartime readiness. Our Congress, which according to the Constitution, is a major player in, in war. What the Congress do, the Congress is home without any clear leadership and no sign that the Congress can actually get behind anybody after Jim Jordan completely failed his bid. It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing that the left is so concerned about identity politics and absolute BS and the right can't get anything right because they can't get together and unify on a single issue. It is absolutely disgusting, the state of politics right now. Meanwhile, who is driving the bus known as the United States? Because I'm not sure I like the road that we're on. I'm not sure I like the, the words that Joe Biden is using during his, uh, <laughs> his speech the other day with Roosevelt. Why do I feel that we're heading towards a global conflict? Well, I have. The fact that we have this vacuum of power I keep talking about and bad things happen in a vacuum of power. We have people entering the fight right now that I think are not supposed to be in this fight. I'll highlight that on the second half here. And we'll also talk about Article 1, Section 8 of the Constitution and why that matters. Because damn it, when we go back in history books of this podcast is still out there for somebody to listen to, at least I know I will have done what I could to keep my children and my grandchildren safe from another global conflict and a global reorder that we as human beings were not calling for. Make sure you go over to americaoutloud.store where you can help support the sponsors of the network. Uh, that helps keep the lights on here. As well as you can go over to buymeacoffee uh, backslash bold America. So buymeacoffee.com backslash bold America where you can support my show. If you so choose, you don't have to. I do this for free for you, put this all together, but if you're enjoying it, feel free to give a friendly support. And for all those that have already supported the show via a cup of coffee, thank you so much for your delicious coffee. I appreciate it. Helps power me through and get me ready for the next day's show. All right, we're coming up on about uh, 20 minutes on the first half. We're going to long today on the show. All right, let's get to our break and I'll be right back. You're listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden here on the America Out Loud Network.
AmericaOutloud.news is beaten to the pulse of our nation. We know when you're angry, troubled, misled, joyful, and thankful. We know you because we are you. Join us as we explore the most important issues of our time. America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. This is Jody O'Malley with Nurses Out Loud. Did you know our body is made up of trillions of cells and inside each cell, redox signaling molecules are produced? These molecules hold a sacred place in chemistry because as we age, the vital communication of our immune system to keep our bodies free from harmful bacteria, viruses, and toxins become less efficient. For the first time ever, ASEA brings you the power of these molecules in a convenient and potent form to provide your body with the essential support it needs to thrive. Ever since I toured their facility, I take two ounces in the morning and evening, and my vitality and energy has been restored at a time I needed it the most. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get your exclusive 15% discount by using the code OUTLOUD. Cofix RX Nasal Solution has completed the circle and is now offering throat spray with povidone iodine. That completes the protocol doctors like Peter McCullough recommend. If staying healthy is important, you'll want to make sure to add throat spray to your next order of Cofix RX. For a limited time and exclusive for America Out Loud listeners only, you can save 25% off your entire order. Let's double down against colds, flus, strep, RSV, HRV, COVID, and more. Click the banner or go to America Out Loud shop to get 25% off your entire order. Use coupon code OUTLOUD25. That's coupon code OUTLOUD25. Welcome back, Bold Americans. Second half of the show here. We're talking about how will the history books look back by 2030? Is the WEF going to get their agenda through war? Well, it's looking quite possible. Why? Well, United States President Joe Biden started quoting Franklin Roosevelt World War II speech when he calls everything an arsenal of democracy. Now, why would he want that? Because he knows that we need to start making Patriot missiles. Uh, We need to be able to make artillery shells, which are happening in 12 states across this country. We need as much arsenal as possible. Now, why would we need that? If it's Israel's war, well, that means we're going to be fighting their war. And so that should send a shiver up everybody's spine right now. Coupled that with last Friday's show with Brian Fry. If you didn't listen to it, you need to go back and listen to it. I can tell you this. There is not a more important show I've done this month than the show with Brian Fry talking about the oil dependency that we have on the Middle East. And if the Middle East goes into a global conflict, how absolutely screwed the United States is thanks to Joe Biden's failed leadership. You need to listen to that episode. I'm telling you, once you do, you'll be forwarding it on to friends. Brian was an excellent guest, extremely knowledgeable, and I'm very glad that he came on to speak about all of that. But I'm now even more concerned than I was before because I'm starting to understand the uh, upstream, downstream, and midstream parts of the oil industry and why this war would be catastrophic for all of us. 
Now, Roosevelt gave that address all the way back in 1940. Uh, he was using the radio back then in order to do so. So the concept behind it was he wanted to make sure that United States troops would not go to Europe to fight against Germany without proper ammunitions. And so he wanted to rally everybody to get this done. Coupled that with Janet Yellen, she was just recently asked, does the United States have enough funding in order to help out a conflict in the Ukraine and fund it, as well as help out the conflict over in Israel? And this is exactly what she said. Listen to this audio. American economy is doing extremely well. Um, inflation has been high and it's been a concern to households. It's come down considerably. At the same time, we have about the strongest labor market we've seen in 50 years with 3.8% unemployment. We've seen a burgeoning of investment, especially in manufacturing, um, an industrial renaissance in the United States. Oh, God. Janet Yellen is trying to convince everybody right now that everything is good. Don't look over here. There's no fire that's happening. The economy has never been better. Things are fixed underneath Joe Biden. The labor market is excellent and we can afford to support both Israel and the Ukraine. Now, this is the Treasury Secretary. Now, the Treasury Secretary that used to be a chair for the Federal Reserve from 2014 until 2018. Now, I am not in any way, shape or form uh, an economic expert. But I, I know a thing or two about the way our economics work. And I can tell you right now that if we go ahead and get into a war, the economy is going to suffer. Why? Because during these times in history, the stock market does not look favorably on Main Street. They look at the military industrial complex. And Janet Yellen, she's old enough to know this. She should know her history enough to figure this out. So... While we can stand with Israel, I do not believe we can continue to up our weapons industry while also fighting back the inflation, while also looking at Americans saying, you know what, sorry, you can't afford to do anything right now because the interest rates are so high thanks to the Federal Reserve and what they're doing to everybody. So we're in a really bad spot there as well. We're going to be relying on the military industrial complex in order to feed our families here. We're required uh, to possibly, you know, make sure that we have uh, enough money coming in, funneling in from other countries supporting our war, that our economy gets stronger. But I don't see that happening. I don't see Israel all of a sudden being like, oh, you know what? We'll give you back all this money that you've been giving to us because they don't have it. And who else is going to be paying us back this money? Which also would lead to the theory that if we get into a global conflict, if World War III of some sorts is to start to explode, and we'll get into why I feel that we're there in just a few moments, what ends up happening for the first time since the Vietnam War in our country? That's right. You'll likely need a military draft. And well, that's good for the economy because at that point in time, you got far more uh, or far less young people at home as they have to go off and fight a war, which as a parent of very young children, I'm immediately thinking to myself, well, gee, how many years would have, have most of the world wars lasted before? Will my children be of a drafting age at that point if this thing blows up and we can't get this under control? Now, why do I feel 
we're heading that way. Well, because yeah, Janet Yellen would be correct. We could support that if all of a sudden there's a draft because then you can control your meals. You can budget everything as people are eating off military dimes. And also the United States and the UK have already sent military and naval forces to help support Israel at this point in time. So the fact we have two major places already getting involved, that's going to show the rest of that world that there is an escalation. And so Hezbollah has already started throwing over sympathy rockets into Israel and into American bases. All right. So things could go extremely wrong at this point in time, and it could turn into an all out fight. Now, Saudi Arabia is kind of a, a piece here that I've been paying attention to. When Donald Trump was president, uh, Saudi Arabia and him seemed like they had a strong understanding of how Donald Trump wanted things to be. Under Joe Biden, Saudi Arabia has basically said, screw you and put the middle finger up to him when it comes to oil uh, regulations and prices. And they've been kind of a lone wolf with the current administration. They have not been sympathetic whatsoever to the Biden administration. So Saudi Arabia could get involved if all of a sudden their uh, personal... Um, land and securities they feel could be uh, bothered. All right. Now they have a hatred at the present moment in some spots with like uh, the healthy uh, rebels. I believe is how you say them. Iran has supported them before and they both do not really like the United States and Israel. And so we already have had rockets fired at these military bases from Syria um, and Iraq by terrorist after president uh, Joe Biden started saying that he would support Israel just last week. And so the healthy or healthy, I don't know how you, how you say their, their names. Um, they could get involved in all of this by provoking Saudi Arabia, by going into Iranian supplies in their own territories. If that happens, well, Saudi Arabia would be like, well, we got to get involved in this now too. And I got to be honest, I don't know who Saudi Arabia would take their sides. I think it would be a split country and it would not be good whatsoever. Putin is starting to uh, make his rounds. He went over to meet with President Xi. And he also is a good friend of uh, Bashar al-Assad from Syria. And so if that happens, uh, I believe if Syria continues to get pulled into this, which they already are starting to, they're supported by Putin. All right, so I think that Putin would love nothing more than be like, oh, we'll help Syria out over there and start fighting this war so no one pays attention to what he's doing over in the Ukraine during all this time, all right? And then lastly, we have Iran. Now, I've been talking about Iran for the last week now, but if you just go back over the last 20 years from George W. Bush to Barack Obama, all right, We've been talking about Iran and making sure that we do not support them in any way, shape, or form because they were trying to become a nuclear power. You know, Ahmadinejad was uh, really kind of unhinged, according to the West, in saying that he was going to try to destroy uh, all American interest. And so what does Biden do? Biden helps fund <laughs> Iran a few weeks ago by releasing the $6 billion in oil sales. Meanwhile, the Pentagon is saying that there's more ways that we could fight this war. We could fight it financially. Well, really? 
Because if we can fight it financially, you had a really crappy plan with the president and his administration releasing that money over to Iran. $6 billion. We're helping to fund the fight against our own self-interest. They should be completely ashamed of themselves. And Rand Paul, by the way, who I mentioned earlier, he's the only person that pointed out. He's like, hey, instead of giving Israel $3 billion, how about we don't fund terrorist countries? We don't fund the countries that are uh, bullies to our allies. And he is so damn right at this point in time that it's infuriating that people are, are sitting there going, oh, it's Rand Paul once again. He's, he's the lone voice. He must be anti-Semitic because he's not supporting this money. No, read exactly what he is saying so you understand why he does not want to send an unlimited amount of money, which leads to Article 1, Section 8, and Congress not having leadership right now and not having anybody with any uh, intestinal fortitude in order to stand up to the Biden administration and stand up to the uh, any other, the war hawks, war mongers, war whores, whoever you want to call them. Article 1, Section 8 states that the Congress shall have the power to lay and collect taxes, duties, imposed and exercise, and to pay debts and provide for the common defense and general welfare of the United States. Okay. It does not state that Congress has the power to provide for the defense and general welfare of Israel. It also says, but all duties, imposed, and excises shall be uniform throughout the United States. If we are using American troops, however, are we not the common defense and general welfare of the United States, or are we getting entangled in a foreign war that we should not be entangled in? Whose problem is it, really? I want to know, what would happen if Israel were not to be part of the Middle East anymore, how would that change everything? Because I got to be honest, if the United States keeps marching this way and there's other countries getting involved, Israel may not have borders. This may not be a winnable war for the United States and the UK and part of the NATO nations. I'm looking at these aircraft carriers that we're putting there. And I'm thinking to myself, aircraft carriers used to be an amazing display of strength when they showed up during World War I, World War II, and even during Vietnam. But I have to imagine that in 2023, as weapons like the Iron Beam, which is the laser version of the Iron Dome, which, by the way, uh, the left would like to tell you that laser weapons don't exist, but now Israel says, yeah, they do, and they can cut a plane's wings off while it's flying and take out rockets while they're going through the air. So clearly, they are weapons of war. But I digress. If we have this level of technology and all these major players have it, like China and Russia, what good is an aircraft carrier and the speed that it moves in the Mediterranean or the Red Sea or the Persian Gulf? I believe these things would be very easy to sink and take off the map rather quickly. And that is a fear of mine thinking, okay, we're sending all the military and naval forces as support and we need that naval forces in order to help with the defense of the sky, to help defend Israel in their campaign. But what's defending our naval forces, right? I'm sure they have their own Iron Dome type of system on the the, the ships, the Eisenhower, uh, the Verdi, and uh, there's one other over there that I, I am blanking on the name right now as I'm doing the show, figures. Had it during my show prep. Uh, but they're all over there as sitting ducks. If China were to go, you know what? United States, there's been a lot of civilian casualties, and these are weapons that you're providing to Israel, and your troops are on the ground assisting them. 
we need to stop your ability to defend against the, who we're deeming as the aggressor. I don't think our Navy uh, really would, would be doing too well, right? We, we need all the ground bases at this point in time. I'd even get into Egypt and parts of Africa and where they may stand because the, the entire thing, I think, this falls down onto bricks. Now, if you listen to my show months ago, I started talking about the BRICS nations, Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa. They were the beginning of that, but it has since now expanded. Uh, BRICS now uh, encompasses uh, a much larger amount of countries, countries in the Middle East, which I was talking about, countries that are part of OPEC as well. And so there is an alliance that is separate from NATO and their purpose at this point in time is to create a uh, new economic global economy that does not rely on the dollar bill. That is an immediate threat to our safety and to our security. Many people feel that it won't seriously challenge the dollar's dominance. It could be just like the euro, but I'm telling you in an act of war and with a unified front against the United States, uh, with China currently selling off the treasuries, of the United States that they're holding in order to try to weaken the United States dollar. That's all happening at this point in time. And that is of major concern as we look at this entire uh, fiasco over there as well. So where are, outside of the Palestinian uh, peace protests that go on in the Washington, D.C. and Philadelphia and all the other cities, where are the common sense Americans? Where are my bold Americans on this issue right now? Are you listening to me and thinking, man, I, I like Greg. I like his show, but Greg is really off right now. I, I think that if this leads to World War III, everything's going to be okay. Or I think Greg's overreacting. It's not going to be World War III here in the future. Uh, or, you know, well, Greg, yeah, the, Israel can't fall because it's one of the last stabilizing forces that we have in uh, the Middle East, so the United States needs to do whatever we can to make sure we have an ally in that region or else that in and of itself makes it more difficult for us in the future to have a global economy where the United States is a major player. Okay, maybe that's all the detractions. Or are you listening to the show and going, wow, Greg's making a really good point. Where are the peaceful people that want to see diplomatic reasons to bring a Palestinian border and an Israel border together and to broker a peace deal and a ceasefire whilst trying to root out any type of terrorist activity in the region? Or do you also kind of believe like me, because this is in the back of my mind, the terrorism's in the heart and prejudices of humans. And terrorism's going to be here for as long as we have civilization, because for whatever reason, human beings find greed, they find power and land and money, and that corrupts them. And as a result, there are many of these terrorist organizations that there's nothing we can do. When one falls, another one will be propped up. And this is just something we're going to have to live with. I don't know where you stand on all that. So if you could reach out to me, Greg at AmericaEmboldened.com. I need to hear from your voices. I need you to email me, tell me where you stand on this conflict. I want to learn from the people that are listening to my show. I also, if, if you don't want to do email, if you're on social media, Twitter at Real Greg Bolden, 
You can follow me there. You can write me there. My, my direct messages are open. You can go on to any of the other social media networks and just type in Greg Bolden, B-O-U-L-D-E-N. You can find me on the, uh, the Facebook, the Instagram. It doesn't matter. You can find me anywhere by typing in my name. Uh, I would love to hear from people about this. Where is our leadership in calling for a de-escalation from language of Joe Biden? Or is everybody just on board and I'm the lone person here uh, trying to talk some common sense? I've even been listening now to the various shows on the America Out Loud Network, trying to hear the different perspectives from my colleagues. You know, obviously we have people that are, are more focused on different areas, depending on what their expertise are. I know Peter McCullough, by the way, is doing excellent work right now on the mRNA uh, and the recent information that has come out that after 90 days, they knew the mRNA shots were giving myocarditis. And there are many doctors right now, thousands of doctors right now saying that it's time for mRNA to finally be done and for people to be able to sue these companies for the permanent heart damage that has been done to them. And these people that are still getting these mRNA shots, well, I'll pray for you that it all works out for you. But you should understand at this point in time, if you're reading the literature that's out there that I'm reading, you're poisoning yourself. But anyway, so go check out his work. Uh, Dr. Marcus, who I had on my show, also really great. Check out his uh, work as well. Outside of that, right, you, you got to listen to the shows on the network because I feel like we're doing a really good job covering it and lots of different viewpoints. That all stated, I feel like my viewpoint is a bit on an island. I feel like um, I'm probably a lone voice in the way that I'm covering this. And I'm okay with that because I'm standing with my convictions on what I believe is right and just and trying to maintain some common sense in all this. Um, but that does not mean that my colleagues are not having common sense. It's just our, our life experiences are leading us to different conclusions. So I'd like to hear from you to find out how you feel uh, that is working for you. If you're enjoying my viewpoints or, or where that goes. Last thing, if you go to the usni.org, they cover where our fleet and Marines are. And the reason why I went here is because I noticed on Sunday in Delaware, we had buses. Now I have video. I, I'm going to post video up on my, my Twitter. I have video of uh, the uh, Naval Academy shipping people, which I believe it was going up to Philadelphia. They were coming up route one. I went to check to make sure there was no sporting events that they would be going to. And there was not. And I've never seen this many buses for a sporting event. So it's either something official for a training, but it looked like they were mobilizing cadets. And I, I don't know what that's all about. I don't have any information beyond that. That wasn't the only weird thing that I saw. On the roadways in Delaware, uh, traveling through on the major highways in 995, United States Marine Corps heavy equipment was moving northbound. I don't know what that means from Delaware either. Um, so... I'm just paying attention to what I'm seeing and that fleet and Marine tracker has stopped reporting where the Eisenhower is, where the Mesa Verde is, where the Gerald Ford is. See, I remembered all the ships now that are over there, the Bataan. Uh, and we have a bunch of uh, other ships over there as well, but uh, they've stopped reporting. They're not giving updates. The last update was October 16th. So I can only imagine that is for security reasons that they're doing that. And then if you want to find out more about what's going on in the air above us, the military operations, 
Monkey Works, W-E-R-X, USA. Go to his YouTube channel and listen to a show last Friday where he goes through uh, all of the different planes that are above and the surveillance and what they're doing right now. And that will give you a picture of uh, a military ramping up into a scary way. I don't want anyone panicking. Don't speak this into existence. We don't have to look back in seven years at the end of a conflict and go, well, the WEF got what they wanted. If we start using our voices right now, we can influence the history books. We can make sure that we're not looking back and saying, well, what did the United States do in order to curb this? Yeah, I know that we are nothing compared to the military industrial complex and our collective uh, voices, but if we at least start putting the pressure on the people that constitutionally need to follow our words and hold them accountable, perhaps we can have a small ripple into this conflict. That's all I have for you today. I hope that I honored your time well. I'll be back on Wednesday with another show. I hope that you and your loved ones are safe. And if you have military uh, family or you yourself are part of the military, I wish you nothing but safety and security. If you'd like to reach out to me, uh, you can always reach out to me securely as well. I would never uh, out a source, but if you feel that there's something you'd want to share with me, um, I'm on Signal as well as Telegram and some other places, and I'd be happy to communicate with you encryptedly in order to get messages out should you wish to do so. That's all I have, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden here on the America Out Loud Network. Be bold, America.